Hello, welcome to the NCETM podcast. We're recording this series of short podcasts in the autumn of 2020, a few weeks after schools reopened for all pupils following closure due to coronavirus. We hope to address some of the new challenges that teachers are facing in their maths classrooms this term. It's an unprecedented situation, a generation of pupils out of normal schooling for six months and now back in school, but with many new restrictions in place to prevent the spread of the virus. As ever, teachers have risen to the challenge, created adaptations that they are now enthusiastically sharing online and through their networks. We hope this podcast will form one way in which you, our listener teachers, can gather ideas from each other to help you adapt to some of the new challenges. Each episode will focus on one specific challenge and I'll talk to one teacher about how she or he has responded to that challenge. Today I have with me Gemma Scott, Director of Maths from a Secondary School in East Yorkshire. Hello Gemma. Hi. First of all, can you give us just a bit of background about your school? I can indeed. So I teach in a large East Riding secondary school, so East Riding of Yorkshire. Um, we have um, about 1,700 students on roll, so that's from year seven right the way up to year 13. And we teach further maths in the sixth form as well. Right, OK. And are you are you in a rural location or urban rural location? We're kind of on the outskirts of uh, one of the larger cities in the area, so right. we have quite a diverse catchment area in terms of that rural urban fringe. And tell us about going back to school. Is it lovely to be back? It's just absolutely downright exhausting. <laughs> absolutely exhausted, yeah, but it's absolutely fantastic to be back. I think we all got to the stage of a lockdown where we just wanted to be back in the classroom. Ultimately, you know, that's why we came into the profession to be with the students in the classroom and to see you know, for me to see what school means to students, it's not just about what they're learning in the classroom, but it's everything that goes alongside it. And the, the students have been absolutely fantastic. The school's been absolutely fantastic. My team have been great. You know, we've had to adapt so much for the start of this year, but everybody's risen to the challenge in the right way. And it's just, a, it's been a fantastic couple of weeks, really. <laughs> That's lovely to hear. So, um, the reason that we've got Gemma here today is because uh, I picked up something that she was saying online about assessment and I'm also picking up quite a lot of uh, things that teachers are saying online about assessment because um, of not being able to, in many cases, take in books and some schools also uh, limiting how much teachers can circulate around the classroom to sort of very classic ways of assessing what students are doing and how they're getting on. So Gemma, do you want to start by telling me uh, in your school what the restrictions are on the sort of assessment that you would have done previously? Yeah so we do have uh, we've got largely students staying in the same room um, which means that the teachers are going to them um, and the teacher has to stay in the a, a taped out box at the front so the the classic wandering around the classroom and looking over the shoulder of a student is not necessarily an option for us at the moment. We also have to limit the amount of equipment that we're sharing. Right. So we are fortunate that um, some of our students have whiteboards and I've come up with a creative solution for the others. Um, but yeah, it's that limiting of equipment. It's the teacher staying at the front. In terms of um, feedback and collecting student work in, um, we have to try and quarantine that for 48 hours. 
now we have four maths lessons a week it, it's not yeah. practical to quarantine the work for 48 hours before we can mark it yeah. so we're looking at anything that we're going to collect in is going to be on paper that can then be quarantined for the appropriate amount of time before the staff then mark it and ultimately feedback later on. So when you realised those are the restrictions you were going to have to work with, how did you start thinking about assessment and how did you start thinking about how you were going to manage that in those situation in that situation? I think we went right back to the beginning. So we thought, right, why are we assessing the students? What do we want to know? And why do we do what we do at the moment? Because if we were really clear on those two things, then that would help us to guide the way forward over the next, well, when we were looking to implement this from September. So what we said was that we need to have a clear assessment structure. So all of our students sit an end of half term assessment. And that's kind of like a summative assessment. So we thought, right, if we have that as our goal in mind to prepare the students for that in a given half term, how can we work backwards to ensure that the students are getting the right assessment they need in a lesson? And also, how can we build in almost safety nets to catch them before they get to that final summative assessment? So we started and we thought, right, well, in, an, in a lesson, we need some sort of formative assessments. So we were we were big users of mini whiteboards. So um, we needed really to have some way of getting interactive feedback from the students during the lessons. Okay. So we've gone to a lot of multiple choice questions and the students have, um, they either use four cards, each with a different letter on, or they hold up their fingers to indicate their choice and a fist to show that they don't know. As well as that, um, certainly with some of our older year groups, I've spent a long time laminating some card, then hole punching it so that they can attach it to the back of their book just so that they've got that mini whiteboard there because as a team, we've spent a lot of time over the past couple of years developing our use of mini whiteboards and it was going to be a real shame to see that go. Um, so yeah, it was about getting creative in the lessons and by using the multiple choice questions, it's really forced staff to think about, right, what do I want the options to be and how am I going to build in common misconceptions um, into those choices? So it's allowed me to do some CPD with the team as well on creating good multiple choice questions. So you're writing your own, are you? Um, we're writing some of our own and then we're using ones that are available online as well. Okay and what in a nutshell can you give me a sort of what you're looking for in a good multiple choice question? So in a good multiple choice question I want to know something about the students who give each option. So I'm not just going to be picking a correct answer in three random numbers because that then doesn't tell me anything about the other three options. I want to know do they hold a, a misconception I want to know if they can explain why they've given that particular answer so if I've got half the class saying one thing and half the class saying another I want that then to generate a really good discussion where they can say I think this because well actually no I think this because so I think a, a really good a really good multiple choice question tells me something about what the students are thinking. Right. OK. And it sounds like also building a class discussion from wrong answers. Is that part of what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, we've 
got to get that discussion going about maths because quite often that's what students have been lacking of the lockdown they've not had that opportunity to talk about maths so by explaining their thinking to me that helps me when I can't necessarily go and look over their shoulder but it also helps them with their reasoning with their vocabulary and just talking like a mathematician really. And how have you found them post lockdown? Have you found that they've lost some of those skills those kind of discursive skills? I found that we've had to be more on them in terms of the correct vocabulary. I've not necessarily noticed uh, a difference in terms of them volunteering to answer questions or anything like that, but it's just definitely getting that right vocabulary in there, um, getting them to explain every stage of their thinking and every stage of their working out ultimately when we do do assessments. Um, I think that's been one of the the things that I picked up on. Uh, And what about those Um, students that really don't want to speak in front of the class that you might previously have gone over and had a quiet word with have you got any any tactics for getting them involved I I like to sometimes with you know your classes don't you and you know the students for whom that's an issue so what I will do is I'll say right 30 seconds discuss with your partner um, and then I will go to them and say right what did you and joe discuss so it's more of a collective answer rather than them feeling like this is my answer and i'm i'm not entirely sure about it they've had that chance to almost rehearse and you said something about um key questions at the end of every lesson Um, yeah do you want to tell me a bit more about that yeah so this is almost like the safety nets that we've put in place to catch the students um before they get to their final assessment so at the end of every lesson we're doing um what we call a key question so that might be for key stage four an exam question or for key stage three it's almost like a reasoning question now with the team i've been really clear to point out the difference between um, learning and performance but what we've said is that you know performance at the end of the lesson is kind of necessary in order to ensure that the learning happens long term so they at the end of the lesson they answer a key question for three to five minutes in exam conditions so they've just sit silently Um, and then it's marked by the students in that lesson so when they walk out the door they know if they have met the learning objective for that lesson but once every two to three weeks the teacher will select a question that they're going to mark and feedback on so it might be that you get to the end of a topic and you're going to mark that key question for the final lesson in that topic so in that case it would be printed out on a sheet of paper the students would um, complete it you would collect it in as the teacher leave it for the quarantine period and then mark it and feedback would happen in a subsequent lesson it's probably not going to be the next lesson because of the quarantine period but it will be in a subsequent lesson right okay and the ones that the students are marking themselves so the students have a clear idea of whether whether they've understood that lesson but does the teacher get that information as well yeah so across the team we're all doing slightly different things with regards to that um so with my key stage three classes they might draw me a face on their whiteboard to show me if they're confident with that um we might ask them to indicate on their whiteboards how many marks they got um it's about the students knowing and it's almost like a bit of an exit ticket for the member of staff as well and are you having to move at a different sort of pace to what you would have done this time last year do you think because of 
because of all the time the kids have had out? Um, I think one thing we are doing is we're spending longer at the start of the lesson on our retrieval practice. Um, that's something particularly at Key Stage 4. Um, there are things that they knew when they left us in March that are still in there somewhere, but they just need a little bit of help recalling those. So we're, we're spending time at the start of the lesson um, on our retrieval practice, again, using the last lesson last week, last topics, last term which means we maybe don't get through quite as much in the lesson. Um, but generally, when you look at the pace that we're going at compared to previous years, there's not that much difference. Um, and you also mentioned a, a homework test every three weeks. That Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so that's kind of our, our second safety net. So every three weeks, they sit uh, a homework which tests the things that they've done over the preceding three weeks and again that's marked by the member of staff and feedback happens so for us our, our vision is that they've got the feedback in the lesson through the formative assessment using the mini whiteboards the multiple choice questions at the end of the lesson they get their opportunity to show if they can answer an exam question or um, a reasoning question on that then they get caught in the key question that gets marked by the staff. They get caught again in the homework. And so they're getting that feedback regularly before right. they sit that final assessment. And yeah. actually as staff, again, it just gives us that opportunity to see, right, this is what's actually going on with the yeah. students. This is what they've learned. This is what they've retained. Um, and it just helps with our planning as well. Are you able to say whether you feel like you're you know where your classes are more or less than this time last year to be honest I can't really see there's that much difference what I would say is that um, on a lesson by lesson basis it becomes slightly harder to know because if you can walk around the room you can see every child's book here I'm talking about giving the students some feedback regularly so it might be that I get to the end of the week and I go right okay this is our focus for the next week but long but over the period of time ultimately I feel like I've got a good grasp on who can do what and where we need to take the learning further. So thank you for talking to us Gemma um, I hope your thoughts and ideas will have got some of our listeners thinking and reflecting on their own practice and to those of you listening, if hearing Gemma has got you thinking, do let us know. Our Twitter handle is at NCETM and we're also on Facebook. Or you can email us info at ncetm.org.uk. If something has arisen in your classroom since reopening that you think would be useful for us to explore in this series, then please do get in touch. We want to make these interviews as useful and responsive as possible. You may also be thinking about remote teaching at the moment to year groups or individuals that may be isolating, in which case do have a listen to our Learning in Lockdown series from last term, where teachers discuss the challenges of managing home learning. They're all all together on our shiny new website. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>